here to answer your questions about classic minis, about life, about anything. I think we're going to have a really good time tonight. I, I always try and say, don't I, that uh, my channel is about getting rid of the black art of, of, of working on minis. For, for me, getting into minis, it was... Uh, I had a newer Mini, a 2007 was um, one of the, the BMW Minis, it was a Cooper S, and I found out about classics, I'm like, you know what, that's that's what I want, that's what I want. There you are now, hello everybody. <laughs> Amazing. How did I get into Minis? It, it, it's something that just kind of happened from just one really good friend of mine asked me to build them, and I said, yeah, I'm doing nothing this weekend, I'll do that. Man, it's funny how quickly things can change. It's awesome to, to have so much uh, really good, fun chat with you all. And yep, that's the best part. I'd really like to make this a, a regular thing. Thank you to everybody again, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everyone, and uh, you know the drill. Enjoy those minis. See you guys on the next one. All right, everybody. Hello, oh, hello. There we go. <laughs> oh man. Hello, hello. Got the whole crew in tonight. It looks like I am. Um, oh, it's going up. My uh. Oh, there's your mama and your dad. Oh, and your dad. Hello, Cole's mom and Cole's dad. Cole dad. Cole's dad. <laughs> Cole dad. <laughs> What's your dad's name? Byron. Byron. Ah, oh, that's mm -hmm. such a cool name. Mm -hmm. Lord Byron. Yeah. It's so much better than like David or Paul or <laughs> David, as we have here in Ireland. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is it your name, Paul? Are you just like insulting yourself right now? <laughs> exactly. Potato. Oh. My dad's name is David. God love him. <laughs> oh look Byron you're getting shout outs <laughs> yeah a lot of the folks in the chat actually have met my dad when we were at IMM uh, 2018 in uh, Bristol ah yeah. there you go yeah few, I have not had the pleasure well hopefully the next one we can do that ah yeah that'd be awesome oh I see Classic Mini Projects USA is in hello Classic uh -huh. mini projects. Yeah. Matt um, Mini TV. Hello, Matt Mini TV. Uh, classic mini projects actually is asking if the chats are not linking. So uh, just to let you know, the chats are independent on each channel. So we're streaming this on both channels right now. And then they get combined for us on our end so we can answer your questions. But um, they uh, will be two separate chat things going on depending on whose channel you're in. Yeah, so if you're on the really cool, awesome channel, mine, um, <laughs> all the good chats over there. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, quit stealing my views. Then... <laughs> <laughs> and then you can pop on by every now and then just to keep Cole company and you can send him a message and be like, oh, yeah. hi, we're here too. <laughs> oh, you poor, poor American. Here's a little hat pat in the head. You're fine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are talking about some cool stuff today. Um, we uh, have had this question a few times in um, some of our previous live chats and then some of our episodes. I've done kind of like a, I think we've both maybe have done videos on this stuff, but wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah. 
basically getting your mini ready for a big trip like uh like one that's happening in the u.s uh in just a couple weeks you know uh classic minis united um big big driving trip lots of miles lots of driving how do you prepare for something like that how far will you have to go cole um so it is in a small town called withville virginia um so it's just a little bit over the border i actually don't know how many miles it is but it's about two hours for me um Okay. And I, uh, or I must keep 840 us. tanks of fuel. 800. Yeah. Yeah. With the turbo, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I must confess that I actually will be towing the mini up there. Um, my truck <sighs> is usually used, I know, uh, gasp. My truck is usually used as a tow vehicle for people who break down. Um, so I oh, use okay. it as an excuse to drive an air conditioned truck uh, up to the events. But if you aren't, these are going to be the tips for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Adam Campion reckons I'm in a professional studio. This is actually yeah. my workshop, Adam. Mm-hmm. This is, we work in, one in, the same. in effectively a professional studio. They're the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> what you all can't see is Billy's back there taking full credit for how good my workshop looks because he's the one that has it painted up the way it looks and with all these uh-huh. really good lights. If you've seen it before he got involved, holy good God in hell, it was like a dungeon. <laughs> I do like the black that you all chose. It's kind it was of a like functional a dungeon, mind you. Yeah. I, I like the black that y'all chose for the walls. It's like a very, yeah. uh, it's not super, super stark black, but it's like, uh, it's nice on the eyes. It's good. Good choice, Billy. Yeah, it's actually like black floor. It's black floor paint, paint actually, isn't it? Huh. Yeah, we were supposed to have like all logos and pictures on the wall, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, so... um. Yeah, you're going to do like about 20 miles for the whole trip then, basically, is what you're saying in the minute. So no, so let, let me just get get on the record saying that the Classic, <laughs> Minis, Classic Minis United is not a, uh, a park your car kind of uh, car show. So you guys might be thinking oh, like, awesome. okay, it's a big get together with a lot of minis. Everybody's going to park their minis and we're all just going to walk around and look at them. And that is definitely not mm. how uh, this is set up. This is run by a guy named Mike Guido down in Florida. Um, he puts these together, okay. collaborates with me and my friends for some stuff. And then we all, um, usually it's around 50 to 60 minis. And every day from Wednesday to Sunday is all day driving. Literally wake up in the morning, get in your mini and drive the whole time. And then get back Heck. to the camp, um, maybe like 3.30 or 4, dinner, you know, the whole spiel. But it's it's just the that best. That awesome. No. Oh man. Oh yeah. Uh it looks like Kev. So <laughs> Mike has the best hair. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys you have, I wish I had a picture I could share right now. He'd probably kill me if I did. But so Mike is a clown, like a professional clown, and he has <laughs> like the long his hair is probably like like I right. don't know, 2 or 3 feet long. It's in, insane. What? Mm-hmm. We got to meet this guy. Yeah, need to have him on here. <laughs> oh, man. Um, actually, you know what, Paul? I think we should ask the chat, what is the longest drive everyone has done in their mini? Um, yeah, I'm very curious. totally. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
I would be very interested to see what that is. The longest drive I've ever done in a Mini is, well, I did, I suppose Mizzenton Manon was pretty long. I did that in my 2000 MPI Cooper that I had back in 06 or 07. And we drove from here in Dublin to Malinhead in the very north of the country. Um, so by your standards, like 20 miles away. But uh, no, it was like 350 or 300 maybe, somewhere in there. And then from there all the way to Mizzenhead, which is the completely other end. And I think that was like 400 and something. And then back to Dublin again uh, the next day, which was like 300 and something. So I think over the weekend we did like 1,500 miles. So whatever that that's is. Pretty, that's a lot of miles on a Mini. But, um, and like driving a Mini that much, is, it takes some energy. It was a like, lot. <laughs> like oh, definitely man. it was a pretty cool mini as well it was um yeah i think we might have a little delay between us today damn internet tubes messing up our chats oh, damn internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously that's an intense that's an insane amount of miles like you're doing that in a mini is it's pretty exhausting. Like it, the, driving a mini is not the same as as driving a modern car. That's for sure, especially long miles. Yeah, I mean, I think um, most of it, more than half, was done in one day, and then like, yeah. So I think it it worked out that I did in the first day, maybe like one fifty or something like that, and then like. <laughs> Seven or eight hundred. The next, that maybe seven hundred, a bit much. Maybe it was six hundred. I think it was around six hundred. And then the following one, then the trip home. So it was, it was ridiculous. Um, and yeah. like we left our hotel room at like half six in the morning, and then got to our hotel room in Mountainhead at like eight or ten that night. So Jeez. yeah, it was like a good twelve and a half, thirteen hours of driving in a mini. And, and to me, like being totally me, fair to spent, you too. Like it, it takes a lot more energy too to drive on those Irish roads. That's and and also I generally because of my mechanic nature ended up stopping and helping a lot of people. So I like would be like in the middle of the procession and then I would like fall back and like have to like drive an extra or maybe turn around and drive back because it was like twenty cars back fix their car, turn around, you know, fly off again. So, yeah, it was a crazy day. I haven't done one since, so I don't know what that tells us. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually the, Although, funny because you're, you're saying you're the mechanic-y guy that, that's fixing everybody, and I think a lot of people expect me to be the same way, but I'm, I take kind of the Top Gear approach, like, yeah, I'll call you a repair truck, and then <laughs> I'm going to keep going, like... You know, cause, and I'll think, I, I help yeah. people with their cars at camp, but Why? I'm driving. I've got places to be. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got shit to do. <laughs> uh, well, actually, a sneak preview. We reviewed um, a 1275 GT the other day. We did our first kind of car review on a really stunning um, early 70s, an actual 70s uh, 1275 GT yesterday. And both myself and Billy were like, if we're doing a road trip, to one of these shows it should be in one of these they, they were like it was like the nicest driving mini i have ever been in wasn't it, the, it was just yeah i'm getting nuts 
it was just so nice. It's hydroelastic suspension, a beautiful, really low mileage 1275 engine, and that lovely close ratio gearbox that those GTs have. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. You, and the seats are just so comfortable. Those GT seats are so comfy. I could drive like a million miles in one of those. I can say that now. <laughs> we did like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Like my the, yeah. the longest. Okay, drive let's I've look at the comments and see what some of the distances are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see what we got. So, see if we yeah. can find the biggest number. Jonathan Langley says, uh, "From the south of England, from Scotland to the south of England, that was 800 miles. Holy moly!" Adam Campion, 600 oh, miles from Scotland and back. That was a big one. That is. I'm trying to think about the, the longest trip that I have done in yeah, my mini. Yeah, there are some big ones. I think that the longest I've done is gone from You could easily Charlotte. do one, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could go from, I, like, I think the longest I've done is from Charlotte to Atlanta, Georgia, which was about five or six out. That was the longest distance was from those two places. Um, and it was about five and a half hours, I think, maybe a little bit more. The longest driving stint, but the it was less miles, but longer time driving was actually when I was at IMM 2018, when Alex Toon loaned me his automatic mini. Um, oh yeah. We, uh, we took a long, long time going down from uh, from Manchester to Bristol, which I think is not, not as many miles, but we ended up taking a really long time because we like stopped and like William Murphy brought us to these like cool places of Wales. Like we went yeah. to Bristol via Wales and it was cool. It was very, very cool. <laughs> Bristol's via Wales. That was a bit of a detour, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was worth it. Like I, I had no idea. I honestly had Sounds no like idea. It was kind of, that, are you that sure? Are you sure, Tooney didn't just get lost. <laughs> well, Tune wasn't wasn't the lead. Oh so it was yeah, William Mur- Man. it was William Murphy. Uh, so we should blame Will. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's blame Will anyway. Like yeah. <laughs> he could easily have gotten us all lost. Huh? Oh man. So wait a minute. Terry Smith is on here saying yeah, that around the Western U.S. about five thousand miles. Is that like is that five thousand miles in a mini? What? Yeah, five thousand miles. Did you have to rebuild it twice during that trip? <laughs> That's at least forty-five oil changes. <laughs> And like three million refuels in your car now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has got a little. You need bit like better. you need like a you need like one of those um, shell oil tankers just cruising along behind you. <laughs> Sponsored oh, by. <laughs> so you um, you're gonna need one of those. Sorry, I'm just shitting on your hair, Cole. But anyway, <laughs> you're gonna need on. one of those. You know that. You know those systems they use on like the F-15s or whatever it is? <laughs> Just like... Have a refueling mini? So somebody drive up next to me with a, with a siphon, like pouring it into the side. Like, yeah. thanks, guys. Yeah like, you're, another 50. like you're, yeah, like one of those, you know, those IBCs, those, you know, those things, the plastic <laughs> ones with the metal all around. That's in the back of your Tacoma. And it's just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> Poor oh Haley, like with a with a hose pipe, just like, am I in the right direction? <laughs> Fuel's just pouring across the side of the car. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> Big funnel on the roof of your car. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. That's what well. We need. We probably should start talking about the, the topic that we actually were like thinking about, like uh, you know, prepping for a long trip. Um, what? Why don't you start us off tonight with the, the yeah the first um, thing that you would do? Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I was like, if I was gonna, you know, I suppose it, it, the start point is like, what do you know about your mini and its service life at that moment in time? So, I mean, if you know absolutely nothing, I think getting a, like a baseline is really important. So, like, get your mini jacked up off its four wheels onto some axle stands. And I think like start by just going around each corner, taking off the wheel and taking like a really good look at everything and having like kind of a swing. In motorsport, we'd call it a spanner check, but basically it's just, mm-hmm. you know, a nice clean look and just having a bit of a pull and a poke at all the sort of major road wheel components, you know, your hub, your brake disc, your brake pad or your drum, you know, mm-hmm. your top arms, your bottom arm, your tie bar, you know, just that really hands-on, just give everything a good prod and a poke and kind of have yourself a pen and paper and write down kind of, you know, you're not fixing anything. You're just getting a kind of, a, I suppose, a, an appraisal of what you've got. And it doesn't really matter as well whether you really, really know what you're dealing with. Like just getting a list down, you know, clicking, knocking, coming from, blah, or, you know, whatever that is. And then when you've kind of done the four wheels, you're going to know the state of your engine. You know, you're going to know that you've serviced it or you haven't serviced it. And, you know, if you haven't, well, then that's a real good place to start, right? Just change yep. your oil, change your filter and, you know, those basic key bits. And then kind of start trying to get it an idea in your head how old stuff is. Like, has the fuel pump ever been touched ever, ever, ever? Is it from 1960? You know, is, you know real and and think like real serviceable stuff as well i think like you know Mm -hmm. the fuel pump the water pump you know the fan belt you know that stuff that just gets forgotten all the time i think there that's where i would go anyway if a customer dropped a car into my garage tomorrow morning and said by the way i'm going to go to imm in a week's time and i think the car is okay but can you give me like a a hundred percent on it or you know whatever that's exactly where i would start i would just jack the thing up and i would go around all four wheels and then kind of the major mechanicals and kind of get an idea in my head yep i think i would totally agree and the one thing that i would actually a little pro tip for y'all while you are doing this stuff you know um assuming that this is maybe the first time you've gotten into the car maybe it's like uh you're working on the car and and you're starting to test all of these different things um you know, assuming you know all the names, write, write yourself a list, you know, especially if you're changing this stuff out, make a note of, okay, I changed the ball joints on, you know, March 15th and I changed the wheel nuts Brilliant. and I changed the, the this and that. And then it lets you track it in the future. Um, but Paul's totally right. Like, you know, some of the biggest, easiest checks to do, like once your car's up in the air, the jiggling of the wheel, um, both this way and then this way will help you to understand whether or not your wheel bearings are starting to go bad. So if your wheel is 
jiggling a little bit and it, the the tie rod is not actually moving like the steering rack isn't moving then you know that you know the, the hub is starting to get a little bit loose maybe you need to repack the bearings maybe you need new bearings um and uh those things are simple fixes relatively. I mean, getting bearings has been kind of hard recently, but um, that greasing joints, creaky points, um, you know, uh, they're obviously checking the, the, the wear and of your tires. All of that kind of vital suspension stuff is where a lot of the failure happens. And those are the kind of most dangerous failures. The engine goes, you just don't move. If your brakes don't work, you hit a tree, you know? Yeah. Funny enough, of all of the road, you know, of all of those kind of road trippy stuff I've done over the years, I've never actually come across a Mini with total engine failure. Now, I'm sure they happen, and I'm not saying that it never has happened. But, you know, like I, like 99.9% .9 of the time on road trips that I've been on or have been a part of or have been a mechanic helping out at or stuff like that, all of the things that really tend to stop cars that I always see are stuff that actually is more on the side of being basic. Like people worry about, mm -hmm. will my gearbox explode? I mean, I always tell a story about, um, it's, I'm trying to think now how long ago it is. It's very early noughties. I went to a show in Galway, which for me in Dublin is at least two hours away, two and a half hours in the mini away. And on the way down, the gearbox was making a really rather nasty noise. And then um, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's going to be okay. And on the <laughs> way back, it made like this unmerciful like crunch. The car lunged forward and then stopped driving. And that was the end of second gear from then on. And, you know, then third gear started to be like mean, but still was working. So it was like first to fourth, and like first to fourth in a 998 is not a pleasant experience. But uh -oh. I got back to home, like, you know, I got back to Dublin, and then we took it apart, and the lay shaft bearings had failed, and the lay shaft was literally uh -huh. moving away. So obviously, fourth gear would work because it doesn't require the lay shaft, and first gear oh, was right. just hanging on by the grit of its teeth because it's such a low ratio. The lay shaft <laughs> just managed to kind of move me forward enough that I could pull forward like but we got home like so you know that, yeah. that's the thing about minis like people are always amazing always thinking they're going to just explode but really and truly it's as you quite rightly pointed out it's going to be something like a wheel bearing or it's going to be a tie rod let's go or you know those tend to be the ones on road trips that I see more than anything failing mm -hmm. so yeah major mechanical components of the road wheel structure if you know they're good, then generally speaking, you know, things like clutches, they go. And they, you know, if a clutch goes that you can't, that you still have drive, but it's hard to select gear, that's not the end of the world. But mm -hmm. if the clutch goes that it's slipping, you're still probably going to get a lot of motion out of the car. You're just not going to be able to go very fast, you know? Yeah. That's kind yep. of what I experienced. That, it, that's a really good point. And uh, like, even, I've been to a lot of these these events where it's just driving, 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 and it actually is a really great way to really start to understand how strong these cars can actually be and how resilient they can be. And even in the failure situations, like you were talking about, like 
we the last event that I went to, my car wasn't um, wasn't finished yet with the uh, it was the supercharger at the time, but it wasn't done yet. So my buddy loaned me Wait. one of his mo- uh, one of his mokes um, and the wheel bearing was starting to go bad on it. We found out once we were on the trip and um, and then there was some synchro mesh <laughs> oh, issues yeah. as well. The bulk rings were kind of getting a little funky and um, but drove it the whole time, you know, kind of found it out once we got there and then just you know, sent it. I mean, it was fine. Then we take it apart yeah. and fix it when we got home. No biggie. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's what's great yeah. about these cars. Is they There's something actually, um, there, isn't there something really satisfying as well about managing to like limp home or to like, I, yes. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's the, I don't know, maybe there's like a, a self-harm in there somewhere or something I don't need to think about it but uh I, I I don't know sometimes when I I feel great you know like oh yeah I this car is almost undrivable but I'm driving it you know <laughs> I don't know what that is but, yeah. yeah I mean I think it's it's the challenge about it like you you it, it's like video yeah. games that are very challenging or something that's tough but you get done it's like I think it's it sparks that same feeling like yeah that really freaking sucked but I did it, and that's awesome. I, 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 yeah, I got there. I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally. Um, so yeah, I suppose when you've kind of done that major mechanical stuff, and you're really confident that you know your what I would call rolling chassis or your running gear are good, like all your wheel bearings, like that. And and one of the things I will always say, and I suppose this is a wheel bearing thing, and I think it's very worth mentioning. Um. Have an idea of what wheel bearings you actually have. Um, so are you on taper roller or are you on deep groove ball bearing? If you're on taper roller wheel bearings, getting play in taper roller bearings doesn't ne- necessarily mean the bearing is goosed, but it's very important that you go and have True. a look. If you're with a deep groove ball bearing and you've got play, that bearing is goosed. And if, if you keep going with it, it is going to fail. Like you know, So, um, it, you know, uh, people kind of have got... I've seen on long road trips before I've gotten got by that you know oh it, it, it's got a taper roller wheel bearing if you just tighten up the castle nut another bit you'll take the play out and it'll be fine well mm-hmm. you know if it's if it's got play in it because the castle nut is loose then that might be correct but if it's got play in it because the bearing is failing and then you tighten that nut more to take that play out that bearing's going to fail like five times as fast so, um, you know, getting a good idea of, you know, that's why I say, like, write it down and, and have a list of like, and then think about that list a bit more carefully, you know, and if it is go back to the likes of videos that you or I have made or other mini <laughs> YouTubers have made, you know, and look and see, okay, what is a goose wheel bearing or, you know, mm-hmm. what are the typicals, you know, so get your list and sit down with your laptop for a couple of hours and find all your faults like between all the channels that are out there now you can you can find this information pretty readily and if not you know you contact one of us or you know through one of our channels and you know get that information out there before your road trip in time that's really important i think yep yeah in fact the wheel bearing episode or sorry the wheel bearing that was going bad in that moke i actually it was a a ball bearing uh style uh bearing and we did a video Mm. Um, in fact, it was in the intro of this uh, uh, live chat that we're doing right now. So, you know, there's definitely videos out there uh, to, on how to do these things. And even yeah. Paul and I are probably not the only ones who have done videos on this. I think Keith Miller's done stuff. 
William Murphy, all yeah. sorts of folks. Yeah, those guys have really good, like my my stuff, in fairness, in, in fairness for the likes of road trips and stuff, is probably not exactly the, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's wheel bearing stuff there somewhere. I don't actually know if I've done any wheel bearings, no. But uh, <laughs> the truth is, yeah, like there is some really brilliant channel stuff for that, like yourself and, and, and Keith Miller and the likes of William and stuff. They There's some really good basic content about it. Actually, do you want to know an interesting one? Here's yes. one for you. There's a bit of a behind the scenes. I actually just recently rewatched your uh, rebuilding a rear radius arm video. Oh yeah, because uh-huh. I was uh, making a, a guy, uh, a really close friend of mine who uh, lives now over in Australia directions, asked me, "Could I make him up like a quick and dirty um, reaming apparatus for a wheel bearing?" Because like you know. He decided buying a bridge fork probably was a bit overkill for rear yeah. reaming a rear radius arm. So he was like, can you make me a kit? And I, I actually went back and watched the video uh, that you did on it to see what that, you know, that kind of tooling that you had for it is like with the little bushing and the pin and the, the stuff so that I could get an idea in my head how to make them one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's I where yours the, was like, isn't that where YouTube like way is nicer. The the one that we the the tool that, that we got was kind of a, a uh, I I'm trying to think of the right way to put it's like the budget version of a tool like it gets the job done but you know like it's the official tool but there's better ones out there you know janky was the word you were yeah about. <laughs> a little janky little janky, little janky. <laughs> yeah uh, well in fairness this one this one the only thing that I actually changed from it was I went to a fixed ream rather than the you know that adjustable mm-hmm. ream, um, yeah. Just went for a fixed size ream. Now, it, it, the problem is, it means that you've got to hone with sandpaper afterwards. You know, you're going to make up a little honing wheel to to hone it because not all the pins are the same size, unfortunately. Because you know, yeah. mini. Because why so, would they be? Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah um, why would you do that? But I suppose to to try and get back even ever so slightly on track here and um, why I, I said that is is that that information is out there and there's just so much really good information for for that level of trying to keep your mini serviceable and and mm-hmm. a road trip your number one priority is that your car is serviceable and it, it it's it's yeah. going to be functional on that sometimes i suppose a question that maybe is on a lot of people's mind is what to bring with you as a spares Mm-hmm. I think that all got ideas about this. What would you put in the boot? Yeah, uh, so this this has shifted over the years. My first ever Classic Minis United event, I always use that as a benchmark because it's just a forkload of driving. But um, uh, my first ever event, I put my <laughs> entire garage in my trunk. Like I put a jack in there. I carried every tool I had. I had like all four wheel bearing replace uh, replacement parts, thermostat, like literally everything I could. My mini was like dragging on the ground. There was so much crap back there. Um, but as time has progressed, I have shifted away from that a little bit because um, most of the time, the things that are failing are replaceable items like wheel bearings, maybe a head gasket. Um, but And I'll carry a few of those spares with me. 
But for the most part, I usually get a AAA membership. I, and I know that's like a, it feels like a cop out, but honestly, I'm not going to be, I, I'm not interested anymore in like laying down on the ground and like fixing up everything on the side of the road just to maybe have a little bit more time on the road. Um, I'd rather get it to a shop and then, or get them just to tow it back to the campsite and then I can work on it there. Um, and so I do bring a set of like kind of general use, uh, uh, wrenches and, um, sockets, uh, a few replacement parts, um, like wheel bearings. Uh, I still do bring those, a head gasket. Um, and then like some other kind of good stuff to do, like uh, maybe a gasket set, you know, one of the, um, full top end engine gasket sets, um, because generally our parts stores don't carry these. Mm. So having that on hand is nice, but you know, there's a point where you got to kind of decide, am I really, do I really need to work and fix this here? Or am I going to do <laughs> more damage? The maybe at the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I'm not, I'm not going to do a clutch. Like if my clutch is, is gassed, then I'm probably not going to replace that at the event, you know, that kind of stuff. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm I'm very much with you. Um, my background, obviously, because of the racing pedigree, like you know, you pretty much bring a van with another mini in it when you go racing because <laughs> you know the way you break stuff, like you know. So yeah, true. Uh, that's that was my like starting point. So start there, and then try and like fit figure out what out of that you can fit in your boot, and you know the the top up of what are you well i could put some stuff in the back seat i mean that's a possibility so you know um but as the years have gone on absolutely uh, one of the things i find is that if you've got a couple of you that you kind of know it's a good idea to make a kind of bit of a pact i think this mm -hmm. works very well where well i've got wheel bearings okay well i won't bring wheel bearings because we're not both going to blow out all our wheel bearings or well, I've got a full top end set. Has anyone got a bottom end set? Yeah, I've got a bottom end gasket set. That kind of thing, I've always tried to do that anytime I'm kind of on a trip. The only thing you need to be 100% sure is you've got to have that communication. Like have a WhatsApp group mm -hmm. with, with like the five of you or something in it and, and be like, okay, well, I'm bringing blah, blah, and blah. Are you bringing blah, blah, and blah? And you're going to do that. And then that kind of breaks it a little bit. And everybody's got something and nobody's got like an absolute boot full of stuff. Um, Secondly, like tools-wise, that's the lovely thing about a mini, right? I mean, pretty much, if you've got a quarter socket set, you know, and a couple of, you know, three or four bigger sockets and a half-inch breaker bar, you, you can pretty mini apart, and maybe an adjustable and a vice grip. Like, you know, you're pretty mm -hmm. much going to fix 90% yep. of the mechanically stuff. Not, it's not going to be pleasant, and it's not going to be the real lovely easy one, but you'll get it done. And then, you know fuses a little bit of wire i always bring wire and a, like a real nice snips and a roll of black tape because it like seems to solve like a hundred problems like you know if it's not mm -hmm. it like out on a road trip once we held a tie bar together with you know electric wire and black oh tape because you know, we, we we the tie bar had yeah the tie bar had pulled out of the subframe so we like use the wire to get an anchor back on the subframe and the tape to like, you know, bind it all together and hold it on. I mean, it, he had to drive very carefully and really slowly, but he got him home, you know? So it's amazing the, the simple stuff that people forget a lot, like, you know? Yeah. 
you can kind of MacGyver things almost a little bit, yeah, like yeah. add a little a bit of wire pack, and, and you know, pull it back I together. Think a booster and... pack is a good thing to have. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, let's see what's yeah, going totally. on in the comments here for um, a second. Yeah. Other stuff then, like, yeah. What have we got? Sorry about the delay, guys. There's kind of like a th there's just some stuff going on back and forth. It looks like we've got a little bit of a delay on it. By the way, guys. <laughs> we're, we're here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got a little bit of delay then. It seems. <laughs> The internet is failing at the moment. I don't know. I don't think that's our site, is it? Is, is, do you actually I can build? I, it could be, in fairness. I, I noticed my video feed is not brilliant. I think Irish internet is being dicky at the minute. So, yeah, we're really sorry for the delay. But there'll be, like, a, a slight pause between myself and Cole talking sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, to kind of get back onto the, the subject of, <laughs> like... Trying picking stuff up and like deciding what you're going to bring and like all those those different things i mean like you know the the serviceable items that we were talking about before like uh you know wheel bearings all those things paul has a really great point like if you can collect if you're going on an event with a few people um or just going to be going out for a drive with a few people um you can obviously like kind of break that up amongst all of you you know if some if one person has a, a pretty good jack you all don't need to bring a jack like just rely on that one person's jack to do it. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you know, if you want to be the one that's bringing, you know, wheel bearings, that's perfect. Like then, you know, not there is very unlikely that every single wheel bearing on every one of the minis is going to fail. Um, if it is, then maybe you guys should have checked those before you might, might, it might be the fault of the, uh, the pre-check that's going on there rather than the, the bearings themselves. Um, but things like oil, extra oil, coolant, those little things, it's good to have on hand. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think I would agree wholeheartedly with you on those items. Yeah, um, I see their um, mini performance just put in a couple there as well. You know, the likes of a few spark plugs and uh, a throttle cable is a brilliant one. Um, I don't know how many times I've seen that over the years, throttle cables break and, you know, they're a wearing item. People don't realize it, but like the throttle cable definitely does wear. So, yeah, I know back when I was going to a lot of shows, I don't do it as much anymore, but back when I went to a lot of shows, I used to have a pretty neat little like disposable kind of, not it's not disposable, but like one of those very cheap plastic toolboxes. And it's amazing how much really simple spares you can get into one of those that and, and just literally say well that's it and if it breaks after that that's why i have aa or that's why i have you know roadside assistance and i think that's really important i think that works really really well um because um i think a lot of people out there neglect that on a trip because they say oh there's a breakdown service on the trip I know you were saying that sometimes your Jeep used for that or whatever on your trips, but 
you can also break down on your way to the event or coming home from the event as well. Um, you know, that's the kind of places where having AA can make such a big difference. Yep. Yeah, the the kind of, and that's one of the things, I mean, like the, I would always, my, all of the CMU trips, probably half of them that I've done, I drove and the other half I towed based after becoming the tow vehicle for other folks when they broke down. But, um, you know, when you, that's one of the beautiful things about towing the vehicle is that if it does break down, you are not going to be stranded wherever you are, which is nice. But on the flip side of that, you know, it is kind of fun hard mode. If you want to have an adventure, you know, if your car breaks down, you don't get home. Um, but you know, that's your risk tolerance there. That, uh, topic about the, um, plastic toolbox, you know, I don't think this is exactly what you were mentioning, but it made me think of something. Um, so my buddy, Justin, who I usually go to these events with has like a little plastic container. This is, might be a little loud. I'm going to hold it back here. Um, and this is obviously holding a whole bunch of electrical connectors, but he has plastic containers like this. And I think he has like a stack of four or five of them. Um, and he puts kind of hard to find stuff that you can't just pick up at the auto store. Um, so like gaskets for a thermostat, the thermostat itself. Um, and, you know, four of these stacked on top of each other don't take up a lot of room, but you can hold, as Paul said, a lot of stuff in them. And um, if you do want to bring a lot of parts with you, you know, maybe you want to be the guy that kind of hands all this stuff off to people and, and, you know, collect a little bit of money on the side as some people buy this. <laughs> um, then, uh, then, you know, these are actually really great. So they fit lots of stuff and keep it organized. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a really good point. Um, I, I, I actually just seen one here. Um, McCarlo? Uh, put in heavy, but it's a starter motor. It's funny. I'm going to have like a, a complete counter to that one. That's like something that I would never bring a spare of because I know I can bump start it. Like, you know, and that's not like having a go, but I know what you're probably thinking. Like if you're caught out in the middle of nowhere and you're the only person driving the car, then you're right. I mean, obviously you're probably not going to bump start it on your own. Although I have actually done that. But anyway, that's not, <laughs> that's not what we're on at the minute. But you know, it's like, I always kind of get into that, like, um, what's the terminology? I think um, a lot of people call it like, uh, you know, that um, doomsday scenario or something like that. I try and think about like, what, what can I achieve myself? And what can I absolutely not deal with on the road? Like, it's funny, I said wire, but um, I remember years ago, not a mini at all, it was a, a Morris 1100. But um, I was on like a big road trip on the car and the wire between the, I think it was actually between the alternator and the starter motor uh, melted. So basically I immediately lost charging um, and I was like, right, I'm stuck now. I'm completely bust. What can I do? And, and then I realized, well, you know, I can probably do without, you know, an accessory like you know main beam headlights i mean if i've got dip lights i'm okay i don't really need main beams so i just robbed a big chunk of wire from the main beam headlight circuit and just used that to give myself alternator power and you know it's it's little things like that that you know being inventive on the go i know not everybody's going to do that either but you know yeah I think it kind of depends on the type of event you're going to, too. Like in that scenario, I, I could totally see myself if I was doing like an enduro style 
um, trip where I get in the mini and I'm trying to drive like cross country, for example, like from Charlotte all the way to Los Angeles, you know, what is that? 4,000 miles, something like that. Um, you know, if I did a trip like that, that, those are the types of fixes that I would want to do. Um, and that is also where Mm. I'd want to bring as many parts as I could. But, um, if you're going on a long weekend trip, something like that, you know, bringing a little extra wire with you. So you don't have to rob those, those, those wires is probably the, the easier one. Um, Matt Garlow actually mentioned a, a response to you. I'm, I'm an old fellow, not interested in bumped starts anymore. Um, that's great. Uh, yeah. yeah. You put me in my place, Matt Garlow. You're right. <laughs> um, what you actually need to do, Cole, right? And this is, this will fix the problem. And I know this is kind of on your bucket list anyway. You need to get yourself a 1970s Series 3 Land Rover and use that to tow the Mini to shows. And I can tell you, that's going to be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. And, you know, when I think about long trips and, and my towing vehicle, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is I want something less reliable than a Mini. Yeah, than <laughs> a Mini. <laughs> much, much less comfortable, much less reliable, and yep. definitely noisier. Like, I mean... I, I don't even understand why you haven't done this already. It takes every single box, every single one, every single <laughs> box. You could you could arrive at a show and people would be like, "Now that's dedication." See this guy? <laughs> that he, he's dedicated, and then the people in the white coats can take you away just yes. shortly after that. Yes. He's dedicated <laughs> to being absolutely fucking insane. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know your 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 friend you're talking about with the with the big long hair who's who's a clown as part of his professional career. Well, well you could be just a real life one. <laughs> no career needed. <laughs> just get out and like wave your arms around a bit. Be like, oh, Cole has arrived. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> could somebody oh. could somebody tie the rope onto him, please, before he floats away? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, this, this, this actually makes me think, I don't know why this, this reminded me of uh, one of the biggest things that, the, honestly, I think it's probably the best thing that you can do with your Mini to prep it for any length trip. The, and I think this is actually the first thing I would do. Um, maybe the second, based on, uh, for, uh, so you had your first where you kind of take the wheels off, get it up in the air, jiggle yeah. stuff. Um, after that step, I think I would take your car out every day that you can for like a week so maybe your event maybe your trip is four weeks from now or three weeks or something like that make it a point to get the car out for at least a 30 to 50 mile drive uh over the course of a day or two every single week and make things break Mm. before you get there and so you know, we can always hypothesize on the things that are going to break on your car, or what you should prepare for. And everybody's experience is a little bit different. You know, the things that have broken on my car, like I had a battery cable ground itself to my exhaust and then suddenly the car just stopped working. But like mm-hmm. Paul had gearbox issues on his and like it, different things happen to different people. So if you can get your car on the road, drive it for a little while, drive it for a good amount of time. The things will break before you get to the fun fun trip, before you get to the fun part. It's a really good point because, you know, at the end of the day, we in modern society have gotten so 
used to putting our car away and then the next time we take it out is to go to the next show or the next event or whatever it is and and can quite easily you know because you're building another car you're working on something else or you're doing some other project you can actually kind of forget that two things actually about what you're saying one that you know if the last time you drove it was a show last year you're not going to remember oh there was actually a squeak that on the way home i said i must do something about and i just didn't do it now it's gone completely out of my mind and the next time you drive you're like oh no that's the blah 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 or it's gone and then the second thing is minis the way they are they really don't like sitting up for a period of time they like to be driven regularly and you know driving things regularly as you said one brings out any problems that are going to happen but two it actually keeps them more serviceable because they you know all the rubbers don't go hard all of the you know the electrical components are working so you're not building up rust and you know all of that kind of nice stuff so yeah to me i think it's a really important thing to do exactly as you said like if you know your first show is in may don't start driving your car you know the last week of april start driving your car you know back in february and building up a couple of miles and then fixing a little problem and then another few miles and i know the weather is not always great but you know at the end of the day you might get bad weather on your in your show as well so you know working <laughs> with those things is, i always think it's not a bad idea yeah yeah uh, kind of putting yourself in those situations that things could break like even the bad weather you know you, you make a great point there uh, when you're at your event, you can't control the weather. It's probably going to rain. You know, it's probably going to mist, be foggy, something like that. So if you go out on those days and you're only 10, 15 miles away from your house and the car is like, wow, these windshield wipers are freaking terrible. Like now, you know, <laughs> and you're not at the event like, you know, trying to see through your windshield. <laughs> like, why? Why didn't yeah, I do this yeah. beforehand? <laughs> yeah, this is crazy yeah there's a there's actually a brilliant photograph from years ago of me and I, i'll try and find it one day and I'll, I'll give it to you you can pop it up here one day when we talk about this again of me with a wiper and my hand out the fly window of a mark one wiping my windscreen on, oh like like on a, a squeegee a, yeah yeah absolutely i got the wiper because the motor failed so i got the wiper arm and bent it in so that the wiper was this way instead of this way and then just slid the window back and like wiped my screen as i was driving along <laughs> uh, somebody was like seeing this through the back window you know seeing what was going on and then they drove alongside and took a photograph of, of this crazy wild guy <laughs> so six oh, foot one God. has advantages sometimes when your wiper motor fails you can yeah, drive right? there and <laughs> wipe your window at the same time <laughs> oh man the classic mini details has a has a really important question uh, that i have an answer to uh he asks anything that could help remove diesel from a mini um and the easiest way to do that is to not let alex hart drive your car um you, you won't have diesel put in your your mini <laughs> i think you can put that, together what happened cool that's like a loaded question or something there from hmm. classic mini detail i don't know it felt like a little loaded did it i don't know yeah no. i don't know i'm sure i'm sure he's thinking of you know you're in the middle of your run and it's really exciting and you pull into that place and you just like put a little bit of diesel in what would be the quick way of fix yeah absolutely the truth is it's a mini just drive it it'll be fine it'll make some smoke now but it'll be fine 
put more petrol in, Alex. That's actually what yeah. you do. Yeah, just just dilute it. Dilute the diesel with yeah. gasoline. And if the tank is already full, just keep pumping petrol in, and then tell yeah. people on the forecourt you have a leak. <laughs> oh yeah, don't mind that. But it's like like three or four gallons on the ground. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just I, look. It I leaks a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that fuel is three pounds a liter right now, but it is fine. It is fine. It's <laughs> fine. Hey, it, we're talking about Alex. He, this guy, classic many details. I mean, you know, he's got three Cooper S's or something. This guy, three pound a liter, not an issue. Mm-hmm. Not an issue. Not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> he does not know what to do with all his money. <laughs> well, he needs to get a moke is what he needs to do with his money. That's the next one. No, a Land Rover. I keep telling you, that'll, that'll soon put him in the poor house real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that I, man, fuel. That that's actually something you know. If fuel has dr- dramatically changed the the approach on this this next event, I'm curious to see if either people drive less on this upcoming event, or if they, um, mm. or if they're just like, you know what, it's fine. This trip is just going to cost cost me forty five hundred dollars, you know, uh, just in fuel, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, what are you guys seeing now at the pump? So, um, so we do ours by the U.S. gallon, which I think is a, a good bit more. Four point five liters. Yeah, four point. Okay, yeah, four point five liters. So it's a little bit different, but in, uh, but um, for premium, two three days ago, it was five dollars and sixty cents a gallon, um, which is still probably a lot cheaper than what you guys are paying, but it's a lot for us. We're used to like. 289 so it's almost double what Whoa. it normally is mm. oh. hey, i'm trying to think what a gallon costs here now what's a gallon now bilbo he's doing the math here <laughs> yeah we'll see what it is um it went down calculator going uh, yeah he went he it went down yesterday but uh yeah it's still it's still wicked price right it's crazy oh. what's it, it in the uk one pound 87 a liter yeah that's that's a lot. It is a lot of money. So a gallon that... here is six euros forty-seven. So like about ninety-two dollars, wow. I think, something like that. I am very, very glad that my truck does not take premium. I am so glad the <laughs> mini does now. Curse it! But oh, yeah. You see, that's not a thing here. So seven dollars sixteen. That's not a thing here. So basically, like at our pumps here. Any can you buy off the forecourt can run. We only ha- like we have a premium diesel, but like they sell that only like as a get more miles to the gallon and stuff. Is it a thing with you that certain vehicle manufacturers require you to run only the premium fuel? Um, yeah. So generally speaking, so we only have one grade of diesel. It's just diesel, diesel. That's it. Yeah. Um, but we also don't use diesel in the same way that y'all do. It's almost only for like big trucks, um, uh, like semis okay. and then all the kind of bro dozers that are driving like F three fifties who, you know, don't do yeah. anything with livestock or anything like that. But anyway, um, I digress. Yeah. Uh, but we have <laughs> three different grades of fuel, um, uh, kind of regular, which will work for the majority of vehicles, but like turbocharged cars and um, high performance cars, high performance NA cars, they usually recommend a premium for them. But 
I mean, okay. the, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, diesel is changing here because it's now become more expensive and carbon emissions and all that sort of stuff. So petrol is becoming more common again. Um, but yeah, like the same here, We've, we, we do have two levels of diesel. We have diesel and premium diesel, but the premium diesel is just generally it has something in it to make it <laughs> pro dosers. <laughs> yeah, we, I, we got that. We got that here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I shouldn't make jokes because, OK, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I don't remember if I told you uh, last week I got a message from I, I am generally somebody who enters into a lot of competitions um, like giveaway okay. competitions. Um, yeah. And I entered into a giveaway with a company called Cali Raised LED, and they make a lot of big off road equipment for uh, like overlanding and, and four by four oh, trucks. Okay. Yeah, and they messaged me and said that I won the competition, and it's over fifteen thousand dollars worth of off road equipment that they're going to be installing on my truck for me. So technically, Whoa. I kind of will be turning into one of those overlanding off road trucks, but I'm still you're going to be a bro dozer. I'm going to be a bro dozer. Yeah, wow. that would be a nice guy. Okay. That would be a nice bro dozer. Do you know what it is, dude? Don't bother getting it put on the Tacoma. Just get yourself a 350 and, and do it right. <laughs> I mean, that's just, it makes no sense to you that your beautiful Toyota. Like, no, you, you know, no. can you imagine the poor China, the poor guy in, in Japan that was involved in designing your car? And then he's going to be like, why? 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 Like we, we designed these headlights so you can see further than your eyes. Why? <laughs> oh man, it's it's going to be something else. Like they, you know, I'm basically going to turn my truck. But after this, uh, this, this, this winning into a uh, basically like a Hilux, it's going to look like one. I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you're going to like, is there like, do you, in America, do you, do bro dozers have like a hand signal that they give to each other and stuff like that? Is, um, there, is that, I think is that the, a thing? It's like the, the shocker, I think is what they normally do. You know, the, uh, is this it? Like that. Oh, okay. Oh, is, yeah. <laughs> did you see that? It's like, he's only been practicing it. Like <laughs> since you got that message, you're like, I won. Now, is it? What do I do? Is it? No, it's that one, is it? Yeah. Okay. And you've been like, you've been ready for this. You've got like, you've got a a, a how to card for your. <laughs> Wait, no, hang on. That's no, a three fifty. No. What's the maneuver? It's like that What's finger, this the... finger. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've actually been practicing one for you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 Demonetized. <laughs> Fuck you, YouTube. Fuck you. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, hang on. There's people in the comments actually talking about the topic. Wow. Hang on. Oh. No, we're, we're over here off on a tangent on hand symbols. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we have to do like uh, a segment here one day of the hand signals for driving in different countries because the Irish ones are just phenomenal. I need to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Well, before oh, we get crazy. into the to the to the Q and A today, I am thinking that we should probably bring up the gentleman's car who is in all of our promotional material for this episode. So I'm going to switch that the sharing over, so you can't see our beautiful faces anymore, or maybe you can. Oh, no. Let's see how this. There we go. And I'm going to hide the chat for a minute. Um, so you cool. get a nice, good look at this. And I sent you over the information. If you want to start yep. us off, I can I have bring us through the pictures. I've got, I've got good stuff here. Wait, like uh, get my little thingy open that tells me all about this. Oh no, Billy, I've lost mm -hmm. the internet here on this one. Um, have you switched something up there? Hang on, it might come back again now. Just give me one second. Oh, yeah, it's coming back now. My apologies. Okay, um, so. So yeah, uh, David is the guy, and he's from Salt Lake City, and this is his absolutely stunning little nine nine eight. Which, um, yeah, I am um, beautiful. It, it's an absolute little stunner. I actually can't get over. I'm sure you're the same, Cole. Like the the quality and the the level of cars that are being submitted to us for photographs, it makes me feel terrible, to be honest. <laughs> um, but it's like, oh god, I I don't deserve to to have the name of a mini person here. But yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just so unfair. Uh, but yeah, um. So yeah, this is like a 998 and he's done some pretty cool stuff to it. Um, let me look. Yeah, you, I said he was from Salt Lake City, right? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pull it up Built here. in February 1991. Imported into the US in 2019. Uh, and it set in the like garage for eight months in 2020. And he has, he's been actually putting together, a, so uh, David is actually one of the patrons on my channel. Um, and so in our Discord, he oh, has okay, been working cool. through kind of like the future plans of the engine as well. All sorts of different plans. Because he, so he's got a, a oh. 1275 uh, base that he's been building up for this car. Because uh, as you said, it's a, it's a 998, but he is ready for some additional power. And so his plans so far um, are a 1330 um, with a Piper 255 cam, cross pin diff, swift tune pistons. Like he's going to go to the nines with this thing. That's going to be awesome. I don't know if you guys have, it's a, a, a process of coding. Um, it's, I think it's actually pronounced Sarah coding um, with a C or it's Kara okay. coding. Okay. But, Basically, like it's, it, is it? yeah, it's, 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 it's like a ceramic coating, um, but you can get all these like really, really fine finishes. And actually it was, I think originally designed for, um, it's American thing. So it was designed for guns naturally, but, um, it, oh, of uh, course. but people have been putting it on cars. And so he has actually been recoding all of these things for like, even the gearbox he's doing like a totally custom looking engine um hopefully when he's got it all done we can get it back on here because i think you guys would really really enjoy seeing it oh yeah i i would absolutely love to see that and the picture um on the the driving on the road with the mountains behind um mm -hmm. i presume they're the mountains in utah are they Yes. Yeah. So from what I understand, Salt Lake City is kind of in a flat valley area. And I think it's either on okay. like some of the sides surrounded by quite tall mountains, like you could see in that photo, or it might be all the way around it. So it's like in a 
in, like in in a center valley. Um, it's a really it's really pretty area. Phenomenal. It's just so so good. Oh, so so good. Um, yeah, the carts have. Uh, what are the wheels actually? The wheels look really cool in those pictures. I need to yeah, um, bring see, it back did you up mention here. What the wheels are? Um, let me look again. I don't know if he says. I'm just going to try and have a look. Uh, oh yeah, I see the future plan stuff there. My apologies, they didn't. It didn't pop up last time. Uh, so he says the tires. Oh yeah, it's the twelve by six John Brown uh, Rally mm -hmm. Rally wheels. They're really cool. Oh yeah, look at those. They look so so good. Yes, they do. Those those wheels look really really nice on a mini. And you know, I I actually kind of very I kind of bounce back and forth with these wheels, like uh, on some cars, and then but on the mini, I feel like they always look good. Um, some cars oh, that like totally aggressively agree. European B B uh, what is it BBS BBS wheels? Yeah, uh, I'm not always a fan of them. BBS wheels on a Mini, I just don't think they work personally. And I know loads of people have them. And actually, I know a local car here that has a phenomenal set of very original 13-inch BBS wheels. I actually think they're originally BMW wheels. That, and he has got very um, particular um, hubs made up so that he can use them on his Mini. And it actually looks amazing. They're 13x6s. And they look really, really amazing. But... Yeah, generally, I'm not a fan. It's a kind of... I, there's so many cars they look well on, but I just feel like they're too modern a design for the styling of the Mini, I think. That's just kind of mm -hmm. my... I don't know. As you say, it's just... It's something, isn't it? You know? Yep. And um, I think one of the things I noticed theory. that he says... Here, Go he's ahead. got the subframe hard-mounted to the body. So, obviously, he's changed the subframe mounts for, like, uh, physical hard mounts or... Has he put like Mark One subframes into it? I wonder. Um, I believe I, he worked through that in the chat at some point, and I believe he went to just solid okay. mounts in the rear to replace yeah. the poly or the rubber or whatever the later style had. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen a few um, of those later uh, mini shells where people have put the old original subframe in, like what's in your car, where it's a solid mounted front subframe. And I've uh, seen them put those in to get the car lower, but still have like full suspension travel, as opposed to the later car where you've got that like inch and a half rise for the rubber mounting kind of setup. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Man, what but, uh, a beautiful yeah, car. It's a stunner. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And David, thank Congratulations you so much for sharing on that these one, photos Dave. with us. Completely agree. Thank you so much for, for sharing it. And it was our pleasure to have your mini as part of our um, uh, splash for the month. So thank you very much. Look forward to see what next month's uh, draw is going to bring out. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and uh, uh, I suppose just to let everybody know um, that if you want to um, have your mini featured in here, then um, you either submit it to me in uh, at uh, hickeyraceengineering at gmail.com or to Cole, Classic Mini DIY at mm -hmm. gmail.com am i right that is right that is correct look at me knowing our email addresses um yep. so, so yeah proud. and um yeah get those in there to us and we'll add you into the draw and we'll uh, pick you out at random and put you up there perfect thanks for saying that and then with that i think we are going to be moving into our q a section um at the end of every episode we do a 30 to 40 minute q a section where you guys can ask, ask your questions 
no matter what they are, if they're about the topic we had today, cool. If not, totally fine too. And my little spiel about it is every um, time you guys use the super chat, um, you are guaranteed a response on your question because at some points the chat does start to move pretty quickly. We do our best to answer every question in there, but um, at some points we kind of can't catch up, things like that. But any super chats will help us pay for the streaming platform that we're using today um, and obviously help our channels out a lot and then guarantees you an answer to your question. So with that, release the questions. <laughs> release the hounds <laughs> you can't say that around here too handy because we could be met with five dogs so. oh yeah do they actually respond to that um they might i think they'd res i think they'll respond to anything that even remotely represents them in any way possible <laughs> i daren't utter one of their names in case one of them burrows through a window here and comes and says hello to us <laughs> dave smith would love that though would you dave <laughs> yeah dave actually has one uh, specifically for you there you go ah okay what's dave asking Question to Paul, Mini or Husky, how do you split your time between the two? Easy peasy, Dave. The Huskies spend loads of their time with me here in the garage, so I can have time with the Huskers and have time with the Minis at the same time. So, yeah. Yep, yep. That is one thing I'm super jealous of. Uh, we are in the process of looking for a puppy, but my current dog, uh, while he is absolutely wonderful loves to snuggle will not come into the garage it doesn't matter because that is the room oh. that makes scary noises and so like, <laughs> as Damo as hates I, it <laughs> hates it as soon as i walk out to the garage i don't even have to be making noise yet he literally will just go straight to his room and he's like you know what i'm just gonna lay in my room i don't need to hear all that i'm done i don't need it <laughs> well we have um yeah, we have a dog like that, uh, Buddy, our big, tall, black lurcher. He won't mm -hmm. come in the garage either. He, 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 if he thinks that maybe I'm doing something, you know, that like if I leave the garage door completely wide open so he can escape at literally any moment, he might venture in on a rainy day and like perch his backside in just inside the door. But <laughs> no, the, the other is I actually have to keep the others out of the workshop when I'm doing anything kind of, with like the welder or the grinder because I'm genuinely afraid one of them is either going to go deaf or blind because oh. they have zero fear, like zero. You could literally like be shooting sparks directly into their face and they'd be like, this is exciting. Oh. We like this. This is fun. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> That's the way my buddy's dog is. He is like, that. he is a garage dog as well. Well, literally you're grinding like something off and the dog's just like, Oh, what's this? I wonder if that tastes good. And he's the same way with like, uh, it, like fire pits. Um, you know, if we're, we have a fire outside, he likes the heat and like, he will literally climb into the fire if you let him. And you're like, can you not like trying to help you here? You lunatic. <laughs> Please stop. Yeah. I, I have a, I have a friend who, um, he runs a carpentry shop and, um, he like contacted me one day and was like, Paul, your dogs are often in your workshop with you. Do you know, can you get like PPE for dogs? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like dogs he was like, I need goggles. To, yeah, yeah, he's like, I need to get, <laughs> he's like, I need to get goggles for my dog. Like he's like, cause I'm genuinely afraid he's going to get blinded. And I was like, oh. I think you need to leave him outside for that stuff. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <the> <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, uh, hey, that's funny, huh? Well, I've got right. a question here from Samuel Mason. Um, what are your recommended auxiliary gauges without making the dash look like the cockpit of a light aircraft? And I can kind of start with that, actually, because I've, over the years, have found the gauges that I like and I don't like. Um, I uh, Personally, I like to see my oil pressure. Um, so like an actual value associated with my oil pressure. So an oil pressure gauge is one that I always have. Um, a water temp gauge is one that I also always include. And then the speedometer, like those three are kind of the top three that I would have at bare minimum in a car. And then anything on top of that is like your own personal preference. Like my car obviously is turbocharged now, so I've got a boost gauge and then I have a tack now. I didn't used to have a tack. I actually ran without one for almost 10 years, um, 11 years actually, and just never felt like I needed it. But yeah, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, yeah, I kind of completely agree. Um, yeah, like for me, what I always tell people when they ask me what gauges should I have, I ask them, well, what can you interpret from a gauge? Like, so tell me what you know about your engine. Like, so like even hilariously, like putting a water temperature gauge in a mini, if you don't know uh, what temperature your engine should actually be running at, then you know, is that information going to be any good to you? Like the original gauge where it tells you it's too hot or it's too cold is probably yeah. better information. And that's, I know that might sound like I'm dumbing it down too much, but it, like, like you said, like I see minis with just all these gauges, but if you don't know how to interpret that information and don't know what, and it's not giving you anything beneficial, then it's just a gauge that a needle moves around on and maybe annoys you mm -hmm. or upsets you because you don't know whether it's right or wrong. But yeah. I think the most important thing and oil pre a, a high pressure oil light is important. So um, dump out that bloody two PSI oil pressure light that all your minis come with and put a 14 PSI one in. Cause mm -hmm. like, you know, if you've got 14 PSI oil pressure, something is going wrong in your mini. So that, that gives you an idea. Um, Gauge wise, obviously, if it's a road going car, you gotta have a speedo in there so you know what speed you're doing. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, really after that, uh, as you said, it's like I would happily drive a mini all day long that had a low pressure oil warning light, a speedometer, and uh, I suppose some indication of temperature is it's a good thing to have. I mean, it mm -hmm. is a good thing to have and to know, like, if, you're, if your car is running too hot or too cold. So a temperature gauge, you know, is, I suppose, arguably essential. Um, yeah. But then really after that, yeah, like, if the car is tuned, I cannot recommend uh, an air-fuel ratio gauge enough. I oh, think it's fantastic. Yes. And it just gives you so much peace of mind. Um, and mm -hmm. And... And, you know, maybe we'll do a segment here one day on, on gauges and how to read them and interpret them. But um, I do personally think that's that's something that's very important to have. It, it arguably would give you more information than something like an ultra gauge, really, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's great. The, the AFR gauge is a really, really good shout out. I didn't think about that. I do have one of those gauges. And having that mm. has completely shifted one how well my mini is running because I have a clear indicator of the tune and how well it's fueling. But at the, on the flip side of that, as you said, that peace of mind, knowing that your car is not aggressively leaning out and getting way too hot, running too lean. And mm -hmm. then, you know, that introduces a whole, whole slew of other issues. 
Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, completely right. agree. Um, okay, got one there that's good. Um, wait, let's see now. Uh, it was about a 1275 GT, actually. Uh, John oh, yeah. asked the question. Um, how can you tell the difference between uh, a, a clubman and a real 1275 GT? So a couple of things that are like really good indicators to a 1275 GT um, unfortunately are not always the easiest to see. Um, generally speaking, a 1275 GT um, will have a close ratio gearbox. So um, the way it drives is very, very important. So when we say a close ratio gearbox, if you've got a huge long duration, excuse me, between your gears, then that's kind of an indication that it may not be a GT. Um, obviously, if it's in its original livery, a 1275 GT has stripes down the side with 1275 GT on it, if it's in its original livery. Um, mechanical stuff really then after that, um, the early ones had remote uh, so they've got that remote gear change, which I think you've got, right, Cole? You've got a remote. Um, I originally had oh. one on my. It was from the Austin America um, engine, but I don't oh, anymore. Cool. Yeah, I've got a hodgepodge now. You're on Roddy now. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is, is that in the future we've got to build you a uh, remote gearbox? Okay, fine. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just, I, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> Gotta happen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I actually seen there. Um, uh, going to go off topic for a second, but um, the guys over in MED uh, built a pretty cool gearbox, a rod chain, uh, a yeah. magic wand with a four-speed synchro. I did that years ago, actually, for one mm -hmm. of my minis. So, and mine was a dog gearbox. So, the ah, same. But I will actually say, I, uh, <laughs> not only have you done it, my buddy Justin here with his Moke did it as well. He's got it in very cool. Yeah, or maybe it's the pickup that he has. One of the two. But yeah, it's for synchro, but with the magic wand. So you get that, yeah. you know, pudding mm. stir feeling. But yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> with synchros. With nice. synchros. So without suffering. You can easily go into the wrong gear rather than difficultly go into the wrong gear. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1275, other 1275 GT stuff, um, generally speaking, um, the light array on the back and the front will tell you that. So they, they had like um, a different seal beam light on the front. Um, and obviously it would have the, um, just have the um, indicator light and a brake light. It wouldn't have a reverse light or anything like that. But um, yeah, the interior would tell you as well. The GTs had a different interior, stuff like that. Yeah. So... Mini Matt TV actually has a question that I'm, I'm, I also want answered. I have a, a kind of a gut feeling about it, but I'd be curious to hear what you said. Um, fitting adjustable rear brackets on the radius arms today, but the wheels are still towing in a lot. Would you fit washers behind the bracket and the heel board? I feel terrible, actually, because Mini Matt asked a question earlier on today uh, on a WhatsApp group that we're all involved in, and I was meant to get him a measurement, and I didn't. I apologize so much, Mini Matt. I will do that after this video because I'm down in the garage now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, for toe-in, okay, so if you fitted adjustable um, camber caster brackets and you've still got toe-in, you've got bent radius arms. Mm -hmm. um, because you, you you definitely should be able 
to get loads of toe out. Well, not loads of toe out, but you should be able to get like a degree or, or you know, around that. So it, you've got to get your radius arms checked um, because if you've still got toe out, something is not right. I, I have a feeling that there's something not right anyway with your radius arms map because of the other problem that we were talking about, which was that the the, the pin wasn't sticking out right. So, um, look, I did a whole video on modifying radius arms um, and putting in bearings into them and stuff. Radius arms across the mini genre all have different angles built into them. And um, this is something that not a lot of people know. So um, a radius arm from a mini how minis actually set the rear wheel geometry is built into the radius arm. It's not to do with the brackets. So the um, pin, basically, the the distance from the heel board for the for the two mountings of the pin is equal in all minis. And how they build the geometry is into the radius arm itself. So the they machine basically the one the the swivel pin, as it's called, and then the hub pin at different angles from each other. So they're not parallel. So the swinging pin and the hub pin, the one that your wheel sits on, are not parallel to each other. So depending on what radius arms you have, you either have a bent radius arm or you've got one that has a huge amount of toe in. A lot of the early radius arms had a lot of toe in. Like if you look at an original restored Mark One, the wheels are like towed <laughs> into hell. And like they did wedge. that because... Yeah, they're like a wedge, and they did that because they were running cross-ply tires rather than radial tires, and then when radial tires became a thing, they took loads of toe out of them. So you want to just check and see what arms you have. Um, if they're very old arms, I'd be inclined to recommend you get a newer arm with less angle in it so that when you put it on the car, you can get much more adjustment. Or if it's a case that um, it is one of the newer arms, then your radius arm is probably bent, So or one or both are probably bent. So get that. And KAD makes some really nice replaceable radius arms, just so you know. Yeah, they do. You know, they're yeah, really they do. inexpensive, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, just uh, I think it's only a liver, I think, maybe, or yeah. a pancreas or no, something. No, it's just like part of your liver. It's fine. Oh, it's only part. Okay, fine. Yeah. I don't have lots of parts left. I'm Irish. So. Oh. <laughs> 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 I need to start paying with other <laughs> bodily organs. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else do we have here oh here's one who's rear sway bar for a 1986 mini oh and that's a that's a u.s question anyway right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i can i can i can answer this so i did install the seven mini parts kit on my car and i ended up not liking the way that it felt on the front um and then I ended up removing the rear uh, anti-roll bar uh, because I had some kind of other suspension geometry I wanted to work through. Um, that said, there are a few really nice ones out there if you want one like right now. Um, so I believe. Yeah. Uh, the, the best kits that are currently available, KAD's one is phenomenal. It's a really good kit. Um, and I would say it's the most bolt-onable kit that exists straight out there right now. Um, Cole may well be alluding by saying right now, uh, we are currently producing uh, an anti-roll and looks like we, you know, we might have lost all there for a minute. 
Paul was saying. I will take it over from him uh, for right now until we get him back online. Um, he was mentioning that the uh, he is in the process of producing a, a rear anti-roll bar setup um, that is quite stellar. Uh, we are planning on you know uh, sharing that um, here and on his channel. So if you want to see how that's made, definitely subscribe over there. Um, his is uh, what I personally will feel like uh, be probably the best one that is on the market. Um, and I think we've got Paul back here. I'm going to bring him back in. Hey, Mr. Yay, Paul, are you I'm there? Back. Are you there? Hey, hey, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, I primed everyone with what you were saying, but you can, you can continue good, on. Good, good, good. Yeah, look, there's, the, there's a, a piece of the kit right now. That's the bracket that is going to allow us to mount the anti-roll bar to the rear radius arms and this actually literally came back from the laser cutters yesterday so these guys you know we're getting there we're getting there so those kits i think uh cole hopefully will have one in the not too distant future and he's going to get a go of it i actually have the kits made but i'm still testing them you know what i'm like I, I just want to have everything absolutely perfect before i get out there i also the kits at the moment i'm gonna say are much more performance orientated they're a 20 millimeter anti-roll bar or two quarters of an inch so for very they're for much more performance orientated stuff. Cole's going to be turning in like he never thought he could turn in before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but um, uh, the the there will be a, a slightly smaller bar going to be available as well. I'm going to do a um, probably do a 16 mil bar as well for kind of more road going stuff. So if you can hold out for just a very short while more, there'll be anti-roll bar kits uh, at go-go and they're going to be pretty damn cool. Yep. I would, I, I was telling them that I think that yours are probably going to be the most well thought out and probably the best kit that is going to be on the market after they're launched. Um, well, thank from you. my personal very, opinion, very much. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen people, some things. People would say, People that say I spend some time on R&D, I mean, I'm only on the 15th iteration of this particular bracket because it has to fit just perfectly. <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. But once you get it right, it's yeah. right forever. Hey, you do it once. And uh, you know what I you know, I always say, don't I? Uh, do it once. Buy once, cry once. You know? So, yeah, it takes a while. But look, when, when we get it out there and we get it done, it's going to be absolutely uh, the schnizzle. So, yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that primer question. Uh, it was Steve, wasn't it? Steve Pep. Yep, Steve. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Steve. So here All is right. another question uh, about SU carburetors. And it is, can you fit a one and three quarter carb to a mini without modifying the bulkhead? Well, uh, my two cents on this is, the answer is yes. But it does depend on, uh, you may well need an adjustable top engine steady, depending on mm -hmm. what year your car is and the shape of its bulkhead. With Mark 1s, the earlier bulkhead, there is some fouling issues um, where you need to use an adjustable steady to just push the uh, carburetor away. But Cole, our good friend here, I think you have a one and three quarter inch uh, SU yep. fitted to your Mark 1, right? I do. I do. There's a couple things, as Paul said, the adjustable engine steady, um, but then also where the carburetor mounts to the intake manifold, there's a 
um, poly spacer or like a, a, a plastic composite spacer and you can get thinner ones and getting that thinner one sometimes will bring it in just enough to give you enough space to fit that carburetor in there um and then uh, i have seen people not use those but i personally think that it helps kind of isolate the heat from the intake manifold that does tend to get a little hot because it's over the exhaust yeah. um so adjustable engine steady and a spacer uh, on it, a uh, thinner spacer will help you accomplish that. And then you'll probably need shorter studs for the, um, for the spacer. carburetor. Yeah. If you get a smaller car or a smaller yeah, spacer. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 All of that. Hopefully that answers it for you, Dave. Mm -hmm. Oh, he said it's a 76 1275 GT. Uh, that should fit fine without needing the adjustable steady Dave. Um, but to be honest with you, getting a little bit of lean away is still always a good idea because it'll uh, give you more room for an air filter if you're going to run a kind of an aftermarket air filter. So, yeah, that might do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's have a look. Question. Oh, um, I seen one here a minute ago, actually. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go. Okay. Um, here's a pretty interesting question. It's kind of like a general electrical question. Um, is there any way to help with electrical load when warm if I use all of the auxiliary stuff like the heaters, rear window heater, lights? I find the engine idles much slower and struggles. I'll leave, it, leave, leave that one to you. Start that off. Okay. Um... That, um, just, um, Jonathan, I can't remember, or maybe you've already said it or haven't said it. If, if, is it an 850 or a 998 you're running? Um, if, if that's the case, then more than likely, um, the only real way to get around that is just to bring up your idle speed slightly. Um, that, that'll that'll mm -hmm. solve that problem. Um, but you may well then have a situation where the engine idles a little bit quick when all that load is off, and it might kind of... You know that might become kind of annoying. I, the engine actually idling slow. It's quite a mini thing, um, when on especially on the smaller motors. Um, okay, if it's twelve seven five, then that shouldn't be an issue at all. Um, so your idle speed might be too low already. Um, so maybe just bring your idle speed a little bit up. Um, the factory number for that is eight hundred and fifty RPM actually for that engine. So um, a lot of people crank minis right down. Like a mini will idle over a five hundred RPM or five hundred twenty RPM, but that's not what they should be idling at. They should be around eight. Just just a hair. Like I, I always say to people, if you got a tack, just leave her idle just under a thousand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you uh, do you think that there could be anything like? Um... Uh, a lack of amperage being provided to the electrical components like maybe the the wiring is starting to get a little bit old or maybe you need a bigger uh, uh, higher amperage alternator and um, the fact that it's loading down the motor would suggest that the the, the alternator is kicking out lots of amps and um, which is why it's loading the motor down but what it could suggest is, and you're, you're onto the exact right point there, is it could be a wiring problem. You might got a lot of resistance in there. So, like, for example, if you've got a wiper motor that's, you know, really caked up and really sluggish, it could be taking much more current than it should to drive it. So maybe, you know, um, 
check your components to see if they're working properly. Uh, you know, are your lights really dim when you turn them on? Um, you know, if they're really dim and kind of faded looking, you might have a lot of resistance building up. A bad air can cause it as well. But the fact that it's pulling hard down, the other thing to check is the alternator. Um, whip off your fan belt and spin the alternator and make sure you don't have a dodgy bearing. Um, I've seen mm -hmm. it before as well. Mm -hmm. When the alternator comes under load, if it's got a bad bearing, it'll put a lot of load on the engine as the alternator tries to do that. So, yeah, um, yeah I would check that. So check resistances, you know, just basic resistances, the fuse to the switch, the switch to the alternator. You, I have a video somewhere you know, on my channel about basic wiring loom checking anyway. It's, it was a while ago. It's probably a year ago now, but there is a video up there. I think you might have one as well, Colby. Um, no, that one, that one I, I, I haven't done. I, I have not done much electrical yeah, uh, that, videos. I, I, I need to do a second one on that, actually, and checking resistances. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I go for. Sweet. Well, All right. So we're getting kind of uh, down to the end of our session today. I would say that we're probably going to answer another two questions or Definitely. so. Um, uh, so if you guys have any questions that you haven't asked, definitely now is the time to ask them or maybe questions that we haven't answered yet. Um, and, uh, and we will get those, those answered. Um, let us come in here. Mm -mm -mm. There we go. I'm kind of in the vein answer of answer me doing real quick here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, what what is the best way to find a bad air? Go and watch my video on checking electrical connections because that's exactly what I talked about in the whole video. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. it, it, that is, uh, there's a few things that are involved with checking a, a bad earth. You know, it, there's there's different. Um, it's it's not a one size fits all thing, so it's definitely worth going to check out his video because it no. will it'll help out a lot. Do yeah, it does. It, 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 there's just some real practical, very basic electric fault finding stuff, and it'll give you a go on, on finding bad earths. Mm -hmm. Here's one um, from Alrighty. Samuel Mason. Uh, and this one is definitely going to be uh, for you. Uh, may I ask a second question? <laughs> Any recommended driving roads, scenic areas in Ireland got a trip across the water booked last year, uh, booked later in the year? Ah, well, yesterday I we went and did the road trip, uh, well, a road test in that 1275 GT. And I have to say the roads around County Wicklow and the Wicklow Mountains is phenomenal. They're probably some of the most beautiful roads um, mm -hmm. around Ireland, I would say. Now, don't get me wrong. The West Coast is phenomenal as well. It's really beautiful. Um, but the West Coast is real open. Uh, driving by the sea type roads and the Wicklow stuff is up in the mountains driving in the forests and the woods so it depends on kind of what you want mm -hmm. but you're I never would... far from a scenic view in Ireland <laughs> yes that so we I, you were you were obviously the expert on this um given the fact that you are in fact Irish um but I, uh, my wife and I, we went and traveled there about two years, two years ago, three years ago. I don't know. Time has lost all meaning. Um, but it, it, it has been a little bit, but absolutely agree. The Wicklow mountains were arguably our favorite place the whole time we were there, but it was a list of 
a million favorite places with the Wicklow Mountains being the top and then all of the other ones <laughs> being just as, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, but the experience there was was phenomenal. There's lots of we, cool stuff. There we were too. doing a test drive yesterday and we actually just said it is, you know, I know a lot of people probably think this about where they live, but we always say just how absolutely lucky we are to drive 20 minutes from the door of our house and be in the most scenic, beautiful, you know, wooded mountains and, and Irish country roads. You know, these roads, guys, you know, they've got grass growing up the middle of them and, and maybe tarmac either side and the width of a mini. It's, it, they are pretty damn amazing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're hard to find anywhere else in the world. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. We, we've got some pretty places, but it definitely takes, you know, I would say a good hour, hour and a half to get to somewhere that's really, really beautiful. And granted that is, it is really, really beautiful when you get there. But um, yeah, that, that, that is something definitely to make sure you continue to appreciate is that, that ease of exploring that. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, as you say, I, I, I know there's places all over the world that are beautiful. Um, but I think one of the funny things about Ireland is it's, it's, it's like a lot of beauty condensed into a very small package and it's mm-hmm. very accessible in, in every direction. Yeah. That, that was my and it helps, you know, that the Guinness is good too. You know? mm-hmm. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. We do one more. Yeah, let's do one more here. Uh, Joe Mergens has a has one here that he asked earlier. Um, changed my remote change for a rod change. The reverse switch fouls on the exhaust. If I move the rod change to the left, I lose third and fourth in reverse. Any ideas? Okay. Yes. Interesting. So I presume if you moved from a remote change to a rod change, you have an early car. Um, and if you have an early car, it means you have a round tunnel, um, for your exhaust and everything. And unfortunately with the exhaust and a rod change gearbox, even with the adapter that they make for that sit, that setup, you will not be able to use that reverse switch. It just is always going to foul on that exhaust. Um, the later cars that had rod change gearboxes, from the factory had a different mounting system. It brought it up kind of almost a little bit higher um, than the exhaust sat. And so the switch could sit above it um, or kind of, it just wouldn't hit it. Um, so yeah, unfortunately that won't clear. Um, it's kind of a, the, the nature of converting stuff. Yep. That's exactly the answer I was going to give you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 72, you've got a, whoa, 72. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right on the borderline. You yeah. could still have a round tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. If it, if to be honest, if it's an original car and you've gone from remote to rod change, then you probably most likely do have a round tunnel. And therefore, mm-hmm. what Cole is saying is exactly right. If you've got a square tunnel, um, then the problem is going to be in your mounting. So you're going to have to have a look at the exhaust you have and. Also, check the angle of your engine. Um, oh, yeah. That, that, That's a good that one. That can be one, too. If the angle of your engine is too steep, um, you know, if it's sitting at the wrong angle, sometimes that can really play havoc with the gear change. But the fact that you're losing third and fourth, that tells me that something is sitting twisted. The only way you can affect third and fourth is the angle that that rod change box sits at. So how you space the rod change box, it 
basically the bottom of the rod change box has to sit exactly uh, flat compared to the gearbox. So if you do like a measurement off of your floor to the ground and do a measurement off your rod change box, you need them both sitting exactly flat to the ground, I, I suppose, you know, parallel to each other. So if your mm -hmm. rod change is, you know, at this angle and your gearbox is, I'm doing vastly exaggerated here, but if they're at two different angles, that's going to muck with your gear change. They need to sit exactly flat with each other. So whatever way you're mounting it, make sure that's what you've got, even when you're moving it over and back. And that, mm -hmm. that should solve that problem. Yeah. And he actually added in here too that he confirmed it's a round tunnel. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Just don't have reverse lights. Problem solved. <laughs> Yeah, who wants reverse lights? It's a 72. Yeah. It shouldn't have reverse lights. <laughs> <laughs> Just yell out the window. Beep, beep, yeah. beep. Yeah. Going backwards. I am moving in the backwards direction. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Get a man with a flag to walk behind you. Oh, this yeah. vehicle is you moving backwards. You just let him live in the back of the back of the mini and like, yeah. oh, hey, man, I need to go in reverse. Can you hop out and, and hold the flag? Please? <laughs> and he needs to have like a big mustache with a handlebar on it. I don't know why, but I imagine that was the only way anyone would believe him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I know that we had a few technical difficulties with the delay today, but hopefully it was wonderful. Um, I know speak for myself that I loved talking with you today, Paul, and um, getting a chance to connect up with everybody. So thank you everybody for joining. I concur. I know we have had some technical difficulties here and I think 90% of it was our side. My apologies, guys. Internet is sporadic at the best of times here in the old sod. So um, yeah, we, we've been completely sworn and promised that fiber broadband is imminent. It's going to mm. happen. Billy's telling me two weeks, but I think he might be... be Oh, two months, two months. Okay, two months. Oh. Uh, that's what I was thinking for a second. Yeah, the, the, so you should only have to put up with icky-bicky connections for two more live streams, and then, <laughs> and then, yeah. then we'll have, like, you know... Suddenly, suddenly, two months from now, we're going to jump on a live stream, and you're going to be, like, full resolution, 8K... Yep. And yeah. and like everything's perfect. You're you've like mic'd up. You're like, yeah, we got fiber now. Do you have fiber? I've got fiber. Yeah, you got fiber. You got fiber. <laughs> the only problem is I'll still be this rubbish me, but hey, <laughs> it'll be it'll be really clear, direct rubbish me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be able to count the hairs on your beard and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no, you'll be able to see the fact that this is actually a terrible beard and it's just it's just all a blur. It's, it's a mostly sharpie. mascara. <laughs> oh, My pre-video routine. It's ruined. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mascara and the beard. Yeah. Uh, you know you're at it then. It was wonderful mm -hmm. to talk to everybody tonight. Thank you so much, everybody who tuned in. Thank you for all the questions. Thank you for supporting both Cole and my channel. It really does mean a lot to us, and we love having you guys here. As always, um, it's great to see so many people interacting and getting into the room. Don't forget to tell other people about our live stream. They yeah. happen monthly, and we talk all about these things, and it's great to build a mini community here. Um, and, you know, we're an intercontinental mini community, you know? So mm -hmm. how awesome is that? 
Yep. And something to keep in mind that these do get um, uploaded the next day onto major podcast streaming platforms. So if you didn't catch it today, um, I I mean, I guess if you didn't catch it, you're probably not hearing what I'm saying right now. But um, (laughs) if you don't catch one of our live streams, then you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, you know, and all the other ones that are out there. So um, we we publish those up as well. yeah, absolutely. I, I see a couple of um, people just recently actually messaged and said, wow, I didn't realize your live streams were in a podcast. Uh, I listened to it on the way to work or, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so uh, and fair play. That's that's you. Um, yeah, we'll announce probably pretty soon anyway when our next live is going to be. We'll schedule it and we'll try and give you guys as much warning as we possibly can. I know I've been dropping the ball recently and forgetting to uh, announce my live streams and stuff, so I will try and be better over next for next month and make a bit more of a hocus pocus because you know. But we will be here and it will be in about a month from now. So, <laughs> yep, yep. so stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned, exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I think we'll wrap it up there. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. See you all soon.